Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today our reading goes from Ecclesiastes, the eighth chapter from the first verse. The eighth chapter from the first verse. Today I want to talk about Living a life of success, being successful. Of course, many people have taken time to write, to teach about formulas of success, equations of success in the church, and of which I'm eternally grateful for each one in whatever they've given us over the years because we stand on very, very uh, deliberate shoulders when we start to teach some of these things. The church is evolving, it's learning and unlearning. And when we understand Christianity, we realize that there is no reason why you should not be a success. There is no reason why a child of God should not be a success. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says he has called us to glory and virtue. Do you know what that means? Glory and virtue. He says, he has called you to glory and virtue. It's eternally a mandate on your spirit. It's a divine imperative that you live in a certain glory and that you function in a certain virtue. It is of God to lead a successful life. In Joshua 1.8, he speaks of how when the words do not depart from our lips, when we meditate them, in our minds, in our hearts, and then we keep them there in day and night to observe, to do according as it is written therein. He says, we make our way prosperous and have good success. You see, we have good success. The Hebrew word there, interestingly, for success is not your English definition of success. That is saulak, wisdom. I'll come to that a bit later. Prudence. Prudence. But today I want to talk about God's formula for success, it is possible to be successful. What is success? In my own definition, success is living the God dream. Hallelujah. Because there are two kinds of dreams. You probably individually have a dream for your life. And sometimes your dream or your aspiration might be short of what God wants to do in your life. It's possible to say, I dream to be this. And then God says, uh -uh, actually see bigger for you. It's usually bigger. God's dream for us is usually bigger. Are you hearing me? So there are people in this world fulfilling their dreams. But there are also people like us in whom God is fulfilling his dream. There's a difference. Did you get it? Some are fulfilling their dreams. For us, the Lord God is fulfilling his dream in us, the God dream. The God dream. It is the place where everything God expects you to be, you become. God has created you to be, you become. That is success. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
See, it's one thing to live and be judged according to the way human beings define success. Then you say, ah, I think according to the standards of the world, I am successful. But I'm talking about the standard that only God has defined because he has printed something on your spirit bigger than any man can ever interpret. And that is the thing I came to provoke out of your spirit. I'm going to teach a certain kind of someone tonight that by the end will provoke you to make a deliberate prayer. And that prayer is going to set you off. It's going to set you off. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says, who is as the wise man? Who is as the wise man? Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 1. Who is as a wise man? Or in KJV, who is the wise man? It says, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? It's a question. The next line says, a man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. The boldness of his face shall be changed. God has defined a place here concerning those he has defined as wise. As wise. Okay? Now, the Bible has separated for us human wisdom and divine wisdom. Okay? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the 6th chapter, the 12th verse, if you read from the Amplified Version, it says, for who limited to human wisdom? Huh? You see what the Amplified has written? Who limited to human wisdom knows what is good for man in his life? Who knows what is good for man in his life when he is applying human wisdom? All the days of his life which he spends as a shadow are vain, going through the motions but accomplishing nothing. He says, who can tell a man what will happen to his work, his treasure, his plans under the sun after his God? The writer here is trying to help us understand that no man with a limited human wisdom knows what is good for man in his life. That means when a man is dealing with the wisdom God gives, that man knows the way of life. That man knows the way of life. That man knows the way of life. There's something called the way of life. The way of life. How to live life right. How to live life the way God has designed it and ordained us to. Not everybody in this world has a clue about what it means to live a life the way God has designed us to live it. Not everybody understands the way of life. So when he talks about human wisdom, he says, a man with human wisdom cannot know what is good for man in his life. You see, they don't understand the way of life. When we get to the wisdom which God gives, the wisdom which God has ordained us with, he gives us the revelation of the way of life. What is the way of life? What is the way of life? The way of life the power to interpret the power of interpretation the way of life is the wisdom on a man to give solutions or to have an answer for the questions in his life that's understanding the way of life having answers having a solution not only for you 
but for the world. That's understanding the way of life. So when the man of wisdom says, who is the wise man? Who is as the wise man? He's trying to show us how a wise man is or how they live or how they function. They function in a place of knowing how to interpret things. If you read that in the message version, he says there is nothing better than being wise, listen, knowing how to interpret, listen, the meaning of life. See, the meaning of life or the way of life, same thing. The meaning of life or the way of life, it's the same thing. So the wisdom God has given us is to interpret the meaning of life. And he says, to the man who does that, he will put a light in his eyes. Somebody shout hallelujah. He will put a light in his eyes. His countenance will be strengthened. The Hebrew word there is will be doubled. But understand this, the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? What is the way of life? The way of life is living a life of giving answers. Of giving solutions. Solving problems. You know, there are people in this world who don't know how life is or what in this life is rewarded or should be rewarded of every man that was created and has the understanding of divine purpose. This is it. To be an answer to the world. To give an answer to the world. To be a solver of problems. Somebody shout hallelujah. To be a solver of problems. Now, if you study how the world works, those of you who at least are mature enough to see, one man many years ago told me something as I was growing up. And he said to me, if you want to be successful, ask God, he said, ask God to give you an answer for the world, a solution for the world. Because the world is a world of questions. You understand? The world is full of questions. That is why you preach grace. Because every time you preach the Lord, the Bible says they minister questions to the hearts of the hearers rather than godly edification, which is after faith. You see that? When you preach faith, you don't preach questions, you give answers. You see? So when he warns the church through Timothy, don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edification, 1 Timothy 1.4, which is in faith. It means that every time we are not taking men to the place of faith, we continue to minister questions. And the world is full of questions. Some are personal, some are generic. Why isn't this working the way it should? Why did my father die? Why did my wife leave me? Why is my child like this? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why am I sick? What did I do? Where did I go? What am I missing? And some of it even goes in more intricate conversations of human life. If I want to get from here to that place, what am I supposed to do? Because I don't know how to get to that place. If I want to cross this bridge, how am I supposed to cross it? The way of life gives men answers. It gives meaning to life because it answers the questions of life. And this man told me that if you ever answer 
the world. He didn't say, if you ever answer your community. He did not tell me to answer my family. He told me, if you ever get an answer to the world, you will live a successful life. See, some of you dream to say, you know, me, I'm called to change my community. Yeah, if it's just the beginning. But it shouldn't be the holistic vision because that's not God's dream for you. He told you, go ye into the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Not in the community only. So he's not against you being in your community, but he has a problem if you only zero to that and think that that's how far God wants you to move. God wants you to change the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this kind of message is for people who have enough faith to change the world. Hey, somebody shout hallelujah. This is not for somebody who still thinks small. This is for somebody who says, you know, I think I can believe God for this big a vision. See, when God looked at the believer, what did he call you? The light of the world. <laughs> he didn't say the light of your community. No, community was just that physical presence. Eh? The fact that you live in that community at that particular point. But don't be mistaken that you can only light your community. He says that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. There's a provision in the spirit that allows you to be an answer to the world, to be a solution to the world. In fact, the literal translation there, when you read the Hebrew, when he says, who is as a wise man, which man knows how to interpret, the word they interpret is to give solution. Who knows? Which man knows how to give a solution to the world? Which man understands the power of giving an answer to the world? Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at the most popular or richest people in the world and look behind the source of their success, you will see that they interpreted something. Bill Gates, the inventor of Microsoft, the Windows program, he gave us another meaning, another way of working. Are you hearing me? Then he gave us these computers and then schools were changed. Businesses were changed. Institutions were changed because he gave an answer, one answer to the world. If I mention Bill Gates, majority of people in the world know who Bill Gates is. Why? Because he gave an answer to the world. Zuckerberg, the guy of Facebook, he gave an answer to the world. There was a gap somewhere. There was a vacuum somewhere. And if you saw from the carnal eye, from the indifferent eye, from the eye that questions without giving or the wisdom, without possessing the wisdom to answer, you would not imagine that such a little idea was actually a question to many people's hearts. Every man who is subscribed to Facebook, every ministry, every business subscribed to Facebook had a question that Zuckerberg could answer. See it that way. You see what I'm saying? So, much as we're talking about all of these people, the Elon Musks and what they're doing with electric cars, as the world is evolving, we see the scarcity of fuel and the prices going up. And a man sat somewhere and said, can time make a car move without fuel? And then he thought and dug and read, and then he gave an answer. 
and now he's the richest man in the world. Did he set out to say, I want to be the richest man in the world? Perhaps no. Perhaps it's not something he ever dreamt or even thought. But there was something in his heart telling him that I must give an answer to humanity. And it's within that understanding that Elon Musk is where he is because he gave an answer. He gave an answer. Some of us who are listening, you're just part of the answer. You don't give an answer. You're just part of the answer, which is also good because you're contributing something to the community. But when the Bible says that you shall be the head and not the tail, when the Bible says that you shall be above and not beneath, he says you shall not be beneath. You will be above. You'll be the head. You'll be the head. It means you're not just supposed to be a part of the answer. You are created to be the answer. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has given you the wisdom in your spirit to give an answer to the world. When he saw what he put in you, he says you're the head. In industry, he says you're the head. In the arts, he says you are the head. In education, he says you are the head. In engineering, he says you are the head. I don't care how many are studying engineering, but when it comes to you, I have given you a wisdom that no man has if they do not know me. He says you are the head. I don't care whether you're a normal sales representative somewhere in a business. God says you are the head, even if you are the least perhaps. Why? Because he has put a wisdom on your life. It's not natural human wisdom. That one does not know the way of life. Albert Einstein gave us the E equal MC squared. And then he changed the world. Recently, the Spirit of the Lord was ministering to me and he told me, how many hours do people spend on apps like YouTube, TikTok? Huh? See, somebody wakes up and then they sit on a man's craft, on a man's creation. Somebody woke up and said, I need to give an answer. And then they sit on YouTube for three, four, five, six hours. And tomorrow they sit on two hours. The next day they sit on six hours. So you realize that almost the biggest percentage of a man's life could actually be consumed by another man's idea. That is a lot of power for a man to have over you. Because even God, as we relate with him, not many are able to relate with him that long in fellowship. Not many Christians are able to sustain three hours of prayer. Not many Christians are able to sustain four hours in the presence of God. Not many Christians are able to pray in tongues for six hours straight, but they can watch something for six or seven hours. I'm trying to tell you how much power some men's answers have over you in your daily life. You're born again, you're speaking in tongues. Perhaps even the guys who invented these things, you don't know. They don't even believe in your God. Maybe they were impressed and inspired by some other spirit, save the spirit of God. Or that in the intention of giving answers to the world, Satan took advantage of these answers and created addictions to these things that we are at a place where I've met people who cannot live without internet anymore. But it was a man's idea. I believe it was intended for good, but Satan took advantage. I just want to tell you, I just want to show you just how much other men's creations 
are running your life without you knowing it. But every day you're waking up, you're waking up to this screen and it entertains you. It gives you all the kind of information. Gossip. Which pastor is doing what? With who? Who said what about the other? You understand? And then you go searching and reading. <laughs> you see? Or perhaps maybe the intention originally was not for that. But you are taking five, six hours, seven hours on another man's what? Creation. That is a lot of power to have over a human being. Because I know someone in Uganda who would either eat less of the food they should eat or will even abandon a meal somewhere to buy data, uh, to buy internet. Of course, those of you who are in the US or probably Europe, you don't understand that because for you, internet or data is this thing. It's free or perhaps it's so cheap, but in some parts of the world, internet is expensive. And I've seen people say, you know, I'm going to forego my lunch or my breakfast so I can buy enough GBs. Are you hearing me? And then the guy sits on the thing and then he watches and he's consumed even sleeps and even wakes up and then he says oh what did I miss and then he continues and that's so much power that's so much power for a person to have over you somebody shout fire you know what you just did <laughs> you're casting out anything that is taking your time and it shouldn't why because instead of creating for men you're being consumed by their creations Instead of dreaming for them, you're being consumed by their dreams. And it's okay if it's adding to you, but it's another if it's just taking away from you. It's okay if those six hours connect you to God deeper. Eh? But it's another when they just entertain you and bore your brain to sleep for the next day. And those six or seven hours have been killed for your next day. Men are creating things at a speed that we cannot calculate. I shared last year and I told us, Google has said that in the last two years, People have created more information than all the information that has been created before the beginning of the world combined. The last two years, 2020 and 2021. That is TikTok videos, YouTube videos, streamlines, Zoom, everything is somewhere creating things for us and our brains are filling by other men's creations. And they've allowed us to, to create. You see? They've also given us opportunities to devolve from their own creations because they are earning. Have you ever thought for a minute, if God gave you something like YouTube, but it was preaching the gospel, have you ever imagined what that looks like? Because a man can put up a YouTube video and it will be watched by 3 billion people. I've seen YouTube videos that go up to 3 billion people. Three billion clicks on one video. You see what I'm saying? So, imagine if I have an opportunity to reach three billion people. If I can create something to reach three billion people, what would that look like? And God said, it's embedded in the realm of wisdom. Hey! That means all you need is the wisdom of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's in the realm of wisdom. And in a few minutes, I'm going to share how to connect to that kind of wisdom. I'm going to share how to walk or live in the wisdom that gives answers, that gives solutions. 
I might not be a scientist. That's all right. But whatever I'm doing, whatever God has given me to do, if he has given me the Bible to preach, or he has given me the opportunity to stand before men and be able to teach Jesus Christ. There is a wisdom I need to connect to. Because if I don't, Fanero cannot grow. The views cannot grow. The ministry cannot expand. Why? Because at the end of the day, the dream of God on my life must touch the world somehow. When I understand that wisdom, I learn to pray the right way. And I see TBN opening up. I pray the right way. And God TV opens. Calvary India opens. Malawi GBS. You know, Rwanda, Burundi. The world is opening. It's opening. It's opening. But what's the mind behind here? I'm dealing with a wisdom that has to interpret things for men that a man should listen to me and go back home and say he gave me meaning a man should listen to me and say when i had you my life changed i met a lady she said i heard a lot about fenero i hated you openly in my face she says i hated you and then she said then one day i was bored and i said let me just switch on this guy I hate. <laughs> and then she started listening to the guy she hates. Now she said, now nah, Apostle Grace, I can kill a person for you now. <laughs> now I can kill a person for you. I said, no, no, don't kill. Don't kill. But I understand her heart. I gave her an answer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Short or tall, black or brown, give an answer. Hated or loved, just give an answer. Some of you say you're dealing with the spirit of rejection. You're not rejected. You just don't have an answer yet. You don't understand that wisdom comes with an inheritance. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter, the eleventh verse. What does it say? If you read the amplified version, it says that wisdom is as good as an inheritance. Wisdom is as good as an inheritance. Yes, more excellent it is for those, the living, who see the sun. That means wisdom is not something, you know, people just point out and say, ah, that man is wise or that sister is wise. No. Wisdom comes with an inheritance. Wisdom is as an inheritance. Somebody shout hallelujah. So it's hard to explain to people the inheritance that should come with wisdom. Because they don't see, they don't know that it should. They don't understand how that world works. And he said, when you connect to this wisdom, it will make your face to shine. Did he say so? It will make your face to shine and the boldness of your face is changed. Now let me first go a bit down here in the place of understanding what it means for the face to shine. Okay? When you study the Hebrew, a shining countenance, when we're talking about a face that shines, it talks about a tranquil conscience. A conscience that purely connects to the will and purposes of God. You understand? What is for the face touches the way of a man's conscience. You understand? The tranquil conscience, the pure conscience 
is that which makes a man's face to shine. It's what positions you in places of favor. It's what puts a certain glory on you. It's what gives a certain authority on your image. You see, on your image. Your image comes with a certain authority. You command things even without speaking. You command things even without speaking. That's a shining countenance. Now, there are two things in scripture that I know that make countenances shine or faces shine. There are two things that I know. One of those things is communion with God. When you learn how to commune with God. You see? When you learn how to commune with God. When you learn how to relate with God beyond your evening prayer as a family. You know, when we're talking about we pray every day. Well, every day I pray with my wife. That's not my personal communion with God. No. That's my ministry to my household as a priest. That prayer with my wife is not what positions me for the place of authority that I have in your heart as a minister. No. That is for the realm of my family it does something and of course we will pray for you and stuff it extends a bit as we pray for our members as we pray for the sick and stuff but there is a certain place it cannot take me you see that's why i tell couples it's not enough just to pray together you have to create your own personal life of communion with god after praying with your husband or your wife create your own time with god see when you learn to wait on God, when you learn to seek God, when you learn to be before God, the Bible says you make your face to shine. In Exodus, the 34th chapter, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai after he had gone to commune with God for days, the Bible says with two tables of the testimony in his hand, he did not know that the skin of his face shone and sent forth beams by reason of his speaking with the Lord. Are you hearing that? He beamed by reason of his speaking with the Lord. He shined, the Bible says, because he talked with God. When a man learns to relate with God, when a man learns to wait on God, that man will start to see a shining of the face. And it's not just a physical attribute. Don't think that everybody with a good skin has a shining face. No. Are you hearing me? No, 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 no. I'm talking about a spiritual attribute. When the face shines... The conscience is put in a state of tranquility, of peaceful pureness and agreement with the will and purpose of God. When your conscience is aligned to the will of God, let me explain something. When the Bible speaks of having favor with God and with man, do you realize that the portion of scripture says favor with God and with man? You see, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. With God and with man. You see? But then you read portions of scriptures. He was with his disciples and then he went alone to the mountain to pray. The people came seeking after him for healing and the Bible says, and after that, he went and separated himself to pray. And in some versions, they say while he prayed the whole night, Jesus had moments where he separated himself to be with the Father. 
And the Bible says, and as he continued to do that, he grew in wisdom, underline, stature, and favor towards God and with man. Now, you see how the favor of God comes? He didn't say, I have given you favor. No. You find favor before him, and after finding favor with him, men agree with you. You see how it works. That's the order. Men agree with you. When you learn to agree with God. When you have favor with God. Now, a man with a shining face or countenance. So, you remember the priestly benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. How? How? Do you think he just says, let me make your face shine upon you because your priest prayed? Within the realm of your priest prayer is may he cause you to learn how to seek him. Something in there is taking us to that place and conversation. But people don't see it. You see, because there is no body in scripture whose face shines simply because somebody prayed it over them. But there's a process. There's a process. There's a process, isn't it? So we see Moses' face shining because he knew how to relate with God. He talked with God. And the second place we see the face shining is a place where a man is expressing or displaying divine wisdom. The place where a man is giving answers or solutions to men. And one of the most notable portions of scripture is in the book of Acts. The Bible speaks of Stephen. You remember? He was doing miracles, signs and wonders. And then he's arrested because they had a problem with him doing these miracles. And then he's taken before the Sanhedrin to give, quest, to give answers eh, to their questions. And while they ask these questions, this boy starts blasting away from the beginning as he starts to introduce God from Genesis. And then he speaks about God in Exodus. And then he speaks about God through the prophets. He speaks about God through until the New Testament. And as he was getting to the New Testament, as he started to reveal the coming of Christ and who he was, the person of Jesus, he started to define Christ before the flesh, the spirit of Christ. He started to define the rock that moved with them, the cloud that was by day and the pillar of he defined and while he's talking about him in Acts 6 verses 15 the Amplified Bible the Bible says and all who sat in the councils and hedrin as they guessed intently at Stephen they saw that his face had the appearance of the face of an angel literally translating when the man started to teach wisdom and give answers his face started shining Something of his continent started to change. And they realized that this man is no normal man. Something started to change. His face was of that as of an, as of an angel. It was shining. That means that, 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 that if it's not waiting on God, the place of, of, of defining or expressing divine wisdom, usually, usually in many places, causes us to shine even without knowing it. You might not be able to see it. Are you hearing me? You might not be able to see it. One time there's a guy who, you know, he was born again and then he fell and he went back into the world. And then somebody invites him into the church one day and I was preaching. And I, and then guy comes after many years of not going to church and he says, I watched you preach, 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 preach until after a few minutes I stopped seeing you. Something overshadowed you. And I said, you see Jesus. And I saw you speaking and you started shining and shining. I know what you were seeing. As teaching wisdom, 
And as I continue to teach wisdom, something on my countenance for him in his experience of vision started to change because he was getting in contact with divine wisdom. When you start giving people answers, you start to shine. Somebody shout hallelujah. In the world, they call them superstars. Why? Because they give answers in their movies. They give answers in their songs. But God has said that that which they define in human wisdom is not an answer really. They don't know the meaning of life yet. It doesn't matter how many people go for that man's concert and fill stadiums. They still don't know the meaning of life. Those people leave those concerts empty. But God says, I have given you something. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, I have given you something. I've given you something. I've given you something. So I learned the formula of living a successful life. I learned the pillars of success. I learned the success equation. It's in the realm of learning to seek God a distinctive way and learning to acquaint yourself with wisdom. Learn to acquaint yourself with wisdom. There's a person telling me, Apostle, I sleep hungry every night. You're not wise. You don't have a generational curse. You're just not wise. I cannot sleep hungry. I cannot sleep hungry. Because even if I said that I'm going to eat in the house of every spiritual daughter and son of mine from today. By the time I finish those homes, do you understand what I'm saying? There are people in the world who make sure that everything I need is given and I don't ask them. No. But when they look at you, they see an answer. And there is nothing they cannot do for the man who gave them life. When the disciples of Jesus come to him and he asks them, are you also going to leave when the 5,000 leave and the 500 leave and all of them leave? They asked him, where shall we go? For with thee are the words of life. You see, I know there are people in the world who could do anything for me if I had a need. Yet I have never begged any man. Why? Because I have enough wisdom not only to sustain me, but to make me wealthy. You understand what I'm saying? So somebody tells you, Apostle, I have struggled for years. Of the two things, you're either not doing one of them or both. Or both. Oh, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling with my children. You're either doing one and neglecting the other, or you're not doing any of the two. No man who knows how to pray and acquaints himself with wisdom is not on a journey of giving answers to the world. It's not possible. So I'm talking about the place of going beyond, I am praying because they told us to pray. Oh, I'm praying because it's a 40 day of fasting and prayer. So, you know, let me just pray. No, I'm talking about praying with intention. Understanding that you have a responsibility. My God. When you get the vision of how the world looks and seeks for men like you, the Bible says creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. For creation was held at captive beyond its own place, it was held bound. But now it is waiting for your manifestation. Every time trees wake up, they're looking for something coming out of you. Every time rivers flow and lakes are flowing, they're thinking, where is the child of God? Wild animals have a consciousness of you. 
He says, creation long, earnestly seeks to see the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Do you know, sometimes I walk in Uganda and I feel like it is demanding. I walk on the streets and I look at a dirty street and I see a pothole and I feel like it is demanding me. No, I don't think of the guy who is responsible for fixing that pothole in KCCA. No, I don't think about that. I don't think about that guy. No, I think to myself, why have I even seen it? And I see potholes demanding something from me. Are you hearing me? I see potholes, potholes, a bad road. You know, sometimes we go to hospitals to pray for the sick and you see a dirty hospital and you feel like it's demanding something from you. Somebody shout hallelujah. There are times I've gotten to roads and I look at this road and I say, I'm tired of seeing this road like this and the next day they repair it. Why? Because there's something in me telling me I have a responsibility to the world. That's why I told people, there are things that can't happen in Uganda because I'm here. Such pride. How can he? Who is he? I'm a child of God. I'm the light of the world. I'm the city set on a hill. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uganda can't sink when we are here. Uh -uh, we have knees. We will pray. Things are changing already. Some people don't see, but some of us see. We see where this nation is going. And in a few years, you'll see it. There was a time in Uganda we had grown to almost 40% of HIV infections. And born again Christians started speaking in tongues. Are you hearing me? And it reversed. Men were speaking in tongues. And the rates started going down because people were what? They were praying. How long did Uganda live without vaccines? We were praying. Weren't you? Yes, we were praying. I heard Melinda Gates once say, Oh, when it gets to Africa, they're going to fall like flies. <laughs> they're going to fall like flies. And she was genuinely worried. But we have answers. Hey, Ugandans pray. Ugandans pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. Back to what I'm trying to express to us tonight. So I sat and realized that the reason why many people are still living a mediocre life is because you've not given an answer to the world yet. You've not yet interpreted anything beyond that which you were taught at school. And what you were taught was simply another man's interpretation for you. Not for you to stay and be rewarded in his interpretation, but that one day as the head, which is above and not beneath, would invent and build your own interpretation. Who has gotten it? Listen, Christians, we have to stop living inexcusable lives while we claim to be so spiritual. I'm getting so sick of Christians who look so spiritual, but they can't move anything. They don't move anything. They just pray. They pray, but they don't move anything. Nothing. Nothing. Because they don't have the realm of understanding to move these things. They don't have the language. The Bible gave us a language. It can throw in any dimension to invent and build and innovate something that has never been seen or heard. He said, 
eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Next line. But he hath revealed these things unto us by his spirit. He's not going to reveal them. He has revealed them. He's not going to give you wisdom. He has already given it to you. The only challenge is the application. The application. That means every child of God listening to me, you have the ability to do something the world has never seen before. Oh! You have the ability to do something the world has never heard before. You have the ability to invent something that has never entered the heart of man that people will ask and say, is that even possible that it can happen to a man? And God is saying, this is the generation that is starting to understand these things. I don't know who I'm talking to. There's a Christian who is so shallow in their thinking. Huh? They come and say, Apostle, pray for me. I need money. That's a wrong prayer. That's a wrong prayer. You don't need money. You need an answer for the world. Did you get it? Yeah. You don't need a job. You need an answer for the world. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. If peradventure the spirit of God will set on your mind one day and give you an idea that the world has never seen and then you build it and that thing becomes something, you will realize that you've met exactly what God has always reconciled you with from the beginning of the earth. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And there's something I put in you. You just don't know it yet because you're living your own dreams. And sometimes education can make us more shallow. I'm not saying I'm against education. I thank God for it because it takes us somewhere. But many people limit themselves to only what a man could ever teach them. And they ignore that actually God can put something in you a teacher can never put in you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, we are entering a time where God is raising people who understand who they are. Who know what God has placed in their lives. If you ever get an answer for the world, you will never need anything. You will never need anything. Some people are asking themselves, why is Elon Musk becoming richer and richer? Because he's giving solutions to the world. He's not just making money. Some people think, oh, this guy's made a lot of money. No, Elon Musk doesn't make money. He makes electric cars. Money follows him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Pun intended. Don't think I don't know English. You get where I'm coming from? Shift your brain from, let me go and make money. No, to let me go and give an answer to the world. Let me just get one idea. God can even just give a little, little, little combination. A little recipe for you, the cake woman. And then somebody tests it and the whole world buys it. The whole world buys it. Need something small. You don't need much. You don't need much. God can give you a song and the whole world starts singing it. Hey! Somebody shout hallelujah. God can give you an idea, a design in your head, and then you design one top and one trouser, and the whole world buys it. It is possible. God can give you something in your head, and the whole world will pay the price to get to it. That's the kind of prayer you should be making. Not God give me money. 
I need a breakthrough. I need feast for my children. You don't get it yet. My first boss, I started working when I was 13. My dad has a friend. She was a normal lady businesswoman and then she worked her way out as she was, you know, living her life as anybody should. One day something bad happened to her business and she lost it all. She lost it all. And then she locked herself up in a room with nothing in her head to do. And then a little light comes into her heart. Small little idea. And he told her, make juice for people. Little small idea. And as among the first employees, when that company was starting, we started in a room, it's small. They used to mix the juice, we put the labels on, we put the cups on, we packed boxes. I knew how to pack boxes as among the first employees. And I saw that company become two companies, become three companies, become four companies. It has evolved and evolved and evolved. Right now she has one of the biggest firms in Eastern Central Africa. She's one of the richest women I know. And she began from a little small idea that came in her room. She didn't have money. No. She just got a solution. And money followed her. That's how people build wealth. Some of you, you're making lines of interviews. So you see, I studied, you see, I even studied this. You see, you see, I'm even, uh, you see, I'm clever. I even won, I have a first class degree. Listen, I have put a list of people who had first class degrees in the same year as we studied, and I can see where they are. Many of them are living very predictable lives. Huh? Unadmirable. When I see this person, I see that God wanted or intended from beginning of the earth to put something in her spirit to change the world. And this boss of mine, I'm telling you, if I can tell you how many people have gone through this woman's hands and how many families have been changed by the tens of thousands. And you know, God is amazing. He usually speaks most when you have nothing. I'm not saying when you have, you don't speak. But usually, many of the people you see that sort of the God dream has lit from the spirit, you realize many of them got to the end of themselves. And human wisdom ceased and they said, now from here, I don't know anything to do. And God began. Some of you, you don't need to lose everything. But God wants to take you to that point of understanding that I feel something inside me is bigger than what I have done or given to the world. And if you're satisfied wherever you are, I'm not talking about you. But there's somebody, even when you do whatever you do, something in there tells you, I've not yet seen the God dream. There's somebody out there watching me, listening, telling me that yes, I have gone up the ranks, I've earned the highest places in my institution, I've done great for the organization and I'm changing a few people. But every time I close my eyes, there's something in there telling me that has made something bigger. You're the one I came to talk about. 
You're the one I came to pray with. You're the one I came to start to believe with me. I pray God gives me the language because I don't feel that I have the sufficiency to express what I'm feeling in my spirit. But I feel that there's a man, there's a woman right now hearing me. At this point, things are shifting and boiling and you've gotten to the end of yourself and you're telling God, I need to walk or live in the wisdom that interprets. The wisdom that interprets. The wisdom that gives answers. Perhaps the next biggest designer is somewhere watching me. The next biggest scientist is somewhere watching me. The next biggest lawyer is somewhere watching me. The next biggest agriculturalist is somewhere watching me. They're somewhere, they're reading, they're connecting to what I'm saying. God is going to put something in you that has never been read in any book. And people are going to fly to come and see what God is doing in your life. Take it if you believe it. Hey! Who is the wise man? And which man interpreters a thing? He says to that man, I'll make the face to shine and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I shall make them shine. I'll put them in places of favor. I'll advantage them. I will advance them. I will progress them. I'll put away the wicked and unreasonable. Those that were in their stead to frustrate them, I shall prune and take away. I shall make their way slippery and allow this man or woman to be able to do what I have planned and dreamed for them. God has a dream for you. 2022, give birth to something. Somebody might listen to this and do it in 2023. Somebody might listen to this and do it in 2024. Somebody might listen to this one day in 2030 and do it then. But I urge you who has heard me, do it now. The wisdom to interpret is already in your spirit. Because Jesus, the Bible says, has been made your wisdom your redemption and your sanctification. In him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Jesus is actually new. That wisdom is in there. I just want to provoke you to pray it out. Pray it into manifestation. Pray it. Pray it into experience. Pray it until somebody is able to see it. Pray it to come out. It's like a baby. Push it out for the world to see it. Some of you are going to be preachers like me. You Whatever God has impressed on your heart. But even for the preacher. God can give you a secret. And that secret will separate you from all that preach. Not that they will be bad or less. But it will make you different. It will give you a different frequency. A different voice print. A certain precision of spirit. A certain acuity. And all of these things are by the Spirit of God. And by the Spirit of God, I see God sharpening supernatural intellect. I see men being positioned in places of power and influence and affluence. I see somebody give an answer. Just open your mouth and start to speak to God. Call it out. 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 
call it out 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 come and pray call it out call it out call it out call it out Call it out. Call it out. Come on, call it out. Call it out. Call it out. You make my life so beautiful. Hey, For as you were, you have met me here and there. There's nothing greater than this. That's why I love you forevermore. The more I know you, he's the more I want to know you, Jesus, more of you. Hey, Robert de Koshalalaba, I want more of you. I want more of you. Jesus, the more I know you, is the more I want to know you, Jesus, more you. Come on, sing, you make my life so beautiful. Pray. You make my life so beautiful. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Pray it out. It's nothing better. Pray it out. Pray it out. That's why I love you forevermore. You make my life so beautiful. The power to interpret, the power to give answers, the power to give solutions. That's why I love you forevermore. Come on, pray. You make my life so beautiful. That's why I love 
love you forevermore. I want more of you. Come on, pray it out. Mateka de Barade. Deriko Shira Barade Copranda Gozakatala Baradego. Se Barade Rebozara Baradego Satanaraba. Rebo de Goshiraba. The world has not yet seen. Masori Barade. What you are about to become. Mate Barade. But today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Ori kate baladesha. Sharana manego, sitana manego, siera baye. Oshana baderego, sobra dago, sata baladere barada. Robro dago, sala baladego, setere barade. Soma nezekiti baladadadada barade. Sing you one more time, say Lord, I want more of you. Yeah. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May that idea be seen. May that invention come. That invention come out. May that innovation come out of you. May the God dream be clear to you. May you give birth to your destiny as God has ordained it. May your assignment be seen beyond the gifts and talents on your life. May your mandate be defined clearly. May God give you that vision. May that light shine in your spirit. May you acquaint yourself to the wisdom of interpretation, to the power and laws that govern exchange in this world, to the translation of things from the world unseen to the world that is seen in the mighty name of Jesus. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which you dare to ask or think according to the working power that worketh in you. He stars it, he establishes it, he determines it, he defines it, he identifies it, he establishes it in the mighty name of Jesus. And you're going to be the head. You're going to be the head designer. You're going to be the head engineer. You're going to be the head doctor. The head and not the tail. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to lead in your field. You're going to advance to the top of your craft. You're going to the top of that mountain. In the mighty name of Jesus. I decree that there shall be none near you. Oh, the light of God is going to shine upon you. His wisdom is going to work in your life more than ever before. Not by power, not by might. You might not match its color. You might not match its weight. You might not match its language. You might not match its articulation. You might not match its semantics. You might not match its expression. You might be a bit, you know, weak for it. But God chose the foolish things of this world that he might shame the wise. He chose 
the best things of this world that he might shed the noble oh may the dream of god be evident may it be evident may it come to manifestation may you bring birth soon to that thing that is going to change the world now if you believe it i want you to give him a mighty hand of a praise if you believe that it is done if you believe that it is done come on celebrate celebrate if you believe it is done thank him and say god i thank you something in this summer has been birthed in me something in this summer has defined me something in this summer has positioned me something in this summer has aligned or realigned me something in this someone has awakened something in my spirit i am interpreting for the world not my community only for the world not my color only for the world not my age only for the world not my peers only for the world not my family only for the world not my children only for the world oh not my district only not my state no not my nation only but for the world i'm doing something that is going to shed the world from the north to the south from the east to the west they will hear of my god they will say my name to the glory of god and say one day somewhere in africa there was a small dark-skinned man who knew god speak it for yourself a short lady in africa a certain lady in europe a certain sister somewhere in germany watching a certain man driving a truck in the united arab emirates right now listening to me somebody and now somewhere in the united states who didn't dream beyond this god is coming god is going to do something in your life he's going to change your family he's going to change your culture it's going to change your clan it's going to change your tribe in jesus mighty name driving uber listening to me right now who did not have a clue about their next step in destiny something has changed on your life the young lady seated in front of a table she's a receptionist she's a secretary to some person she never knew she would become bigger god is going to do something in your life that is going to cause the world to shake jobs now they are not employed but god needed to take you to that place to allow you to see what you had to see because perhaps if he had gotten you that job you'd have settled for less but now he has brought you to this place of telling you begin from here and allow me dream for you thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord if you're sick in your body, be healed. I have the answer. Be free. Whatever has been disturbing you, I decree and I declare that it leaves your body. God pays your debts today. God opens a door for your next job. God opens the opportunities that you need. In Jesus' mighty name. It's done. It's done done if you've never given your life to Christ as I finish I know you're ready 
Don't second, third, fourth guess it. Just repeat these words after me. There is no perfect time for you to be born again. It's now. It's now. God has been waiting for you. That's why you listen to this song. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Venero, make manifest.